What up, Oasis people? We're back. Yes. Look at us. We're here. It, it feels like back in the podcast studio, and that, for the first time, doesn't really feel like a lie. You know, for the longest time when I said podcast studio, it felt like a little bit of deception. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, really, we're just sitting in the old office. We're just in a class, like a little, but now we're like actually in a studio. Yeah. It's in the church. It's a little custom, but uh, it's nice. And it, it doesn't, nice. I no longer feel like I'm lying. So there's some, there's some uh, vulnerability to start off the podcast for you. Leading through vulnerability and weakness. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's right. It's, it's powerful. Uh, here's the thing. We're going to dive right in. We got a topic on joy. It's going to be a, a great one, but I'm going to start off in a, in a misdirection and you'll understand that later. But what is the happiest? No, stop. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, stop, stop, yeah, stop, yeah. Good stop. Good job. Good job. Because I know job. Ben Thank doesn't you. like the extreme. Thank you. Well, he does. Well, but stop not- trying to stop. Stop trying to make me choose between the birth of my children, Brennan. Oh, that's like why that's are you trying tough. to create dissension within my family? What is a happy memory for you? I have to go first. Um, anytime my wife gets super sassy with me, so oh. people don't realize that my wife's the funniest person on earth. They just don't get to see it because mm-hmm. they don't know her like I know her. They got to get her on Snap. They got to get her on. You got to get her on Snap. She's a good Snap. If she sends it to you. Yeah. She's, I, I've been. I feel like I've been demoted. Same, a hundred percent. She's. I not, gotta snap her more so I get she's higher. On, in the best she's friends. focusing more now on streaks, oh. which means I'm missing out on the greatness. I'm not that a streak is guy. My wife, yeah, same. Yeah, uh, in more ways than one. We. <laughs> 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 no, 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 no. Once you have kids, Ben, what is a happy memory, man? But it's just like in these moments where, like, I can tell my wife is in a good mood. When or like in a sassy mood, and we're gonna just like we're gonna. I, I my seven comes out a little more. Enneagram seven comes out a little more. Yeah, and because she'll start a song during dinner, and then she'll get up, and she may be the worst dancer ever, <laughs> but it's also the best. I actually, I don't know if this is offensive, but I could see that a hundred. Yes, it's not. I don't think it's. Is it offensive if it's true? Yes, but either way, and she'll just start dancing and get in the living room, and our my kid Wesley for sure, all our kids just laugh hysterically, mm-hmm. and it just creates these moments of happiness. Because she's, if you don't know her, like you'd never assume she would do something like that. Yeah. But those types of things where she just becomes, I don't know, she takes the role of like, hey, let's just do something silly because yeah. that's usually my role. When that happens, it's just great. It's good. Jenna, what about you? Mine's like way less. I don't know. That's so good. Um, so a recent one for me that I thought of first. So, so I have two dogs, uh, Max and Lucy. And Max is new. He's been with us for uh, almost two months, I guess. But he is a major, major cuddle baby. Like, he just always wants to be cuddling. And so one day, I was sitting on the edge of my bed uh, doing something, and he came up and he, like, got in my lap and put both of his paws on, like, my shoulder. And then we kind of, like, fell down onto the bed, and I just kind of held him like a baby. And he just put his head, like, right in my neck. Oh, you little dog baby. And I was like, I have things to do, but I'm just going to sit here and hold you because it was so so cute. And I'm a physical touch love language, so it... Fed my soul. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. For me, I I get happy when it's nice outside. You know, I feel like we got tricked tricked this last couple weeks. It's, it's freezing today. Yeah, it's I'm so cold. But that. we had some beautiful weather, and I got to go outside, and I did some. I did like organize my garage. But just being able to be outside in just a sweatshirt and not feel like you're going to die <laughs> is incredible. It just <laughs> makes me happy. So I'm so looking forward to that going forward. I put my winter coat away, and I'm not bringing it back out. And it's supposed to. It's a struggle today. It might snow oh, this week. I'm done. I'm staying at home. Uh, we'll check in on Ben later. <laughs> but here's You'll know by the time the podcast came true, out that's whether true. or not it snowed. That's true. But here's the thing. The reason I say it's kind of a misconception or like a misdirection when we start the podcast talking about a happy memory is because joy is different than happiness. 
what why like what is that where's the contradiction here like where is the distinction between what is joy and what is happiness the basic way to kind of talk about it is is a difference between the source of where it comes from so we say happiness is defined by an emotional state characterized by feelings of joy fulfillment contentment satisfaction like you just it's a feeling of like oh this is good Mm. this moment's good but in that because it's circumstantial it's usually fleeting or momentary. Yeah. It's not a continuous state. It's happy for a moment, but then you're on to another moment. Mm-hmm. And that moment could be great, but happiness is not something that stays. It's fleeting. Where biblical joy is more dependent on who God is, what he's done than anything else. It's never changing um, because he's always good. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's joy is a gift given to us by God that is a constant state yeah. where happiness or even how the world would maybe define joy is more circumstantial. Yeah, that's good. That distinction in like worldly joy versus biblical joy, how worldly it is used more to describe. Like, I think those couple keywords that you said were like feelings or like emotions. It's like this state, this, this temporary thing that could extend for periods of time. Yes. You know, like you could be happy for a long season mm-hmm. of time, mm-hmm. but when those emotions and those feelings change based on the circumstances, yes. maybe you find yourself in a hard situation. Happiness is, is hard to cling to, but joy is distinctly different. So how do we get joy? How do we get to the place where we can experience joy? This lasting connection to our Heavenly Father that is the source of joy. Yeah, I mean, you just said it. We don't get it. It's something that God gives us, that mm. the Holy Spirit bestows upon us as He dwells in us. And we look at uh, Galatians chapter 5, and it lists those fruits of the Spirit. Joy is listed as one of those uh, gifts that the Holy Spirit supernaturally gives us, that He fills us with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so all of us as Christians, when we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, we have the capacity for joy. Mm. It's a gift that the Holy Spirit can give us. Yeah. And I, I see this theme that I keep, it keeps appearing as I've had conversations and prepped for different things where this question keeps arising is, what does it mean to be a Christian? Like, how can you tell if someone's a Christian? What does it mean to really like, what is the proof of salvation in some ways? And the fruit of the Spirit in some ways, becomes part of that. Like in the First John series, we're preaching as a, or talking through as a church that we talk about what love is and what a, and a childlike identity is, and those can be proofs of salvation. But also, like the fruit of the spirit. If you're sitting there and you're like, "Am I a Christian?" But your life doesn't have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self control. Yeah, you might not be a Christian because all Christians when they accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, when they believe in him and confess that he has risen from the grave, they are filled with the Spirit. That is what we believe. They are, they have the Spirit. All Christians who go through those things, who make that decision, are filled with the Spirit. And the Spirit's very presence supernaturally gives us these fruits. Yeah. This is what it looks like to live in that way. So is it possible to be a Christian yet not have joy? No. <laughs> flush it out. Flush it out. What What is this? Like, what does it mean to be a Christian? But sometimes it doesn't feel like I have joy. Like, how? Do, where, where's that tension at? Yeah, I think there's a reality. It's joy can be. I think, I think it's important to say this. In seasons where maybe circumstances are okay or even not okay, when I have the joy of the Lord, which is my strength, according to the Old Testament— I still can have moment. There's a feeling there still. Mm. There can be feelings there of contentment, of satisfaction, of happiness, you could argue. It's just, again, what's the source of it? Okay. And so it's like, feeling isn't always bad, but 
as a follower of Jesus, in evidence of the fruit of the Spirit in our life, of joy specifically, it's something that you choose in the midst of what's happening in your life. Mm. And so it's like, I just even looking this up and and reading some things about joy, like joy is a deep down sense of well-being that abides in the heart of the person who knows all is well between himself and the Lord. So like I choose joy because I know in whatever circumstance that I'm, 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 I'm in, good or bad, I know all is well between me and Jesus yeah. because of what Jesus has done for me in his life, mm-hmm. death, and resurrection. So I can choose joy in those moments because I know who God is, who he says I am. Yeah. Otherwise, if we were to continue in that or Galatians 5 text, in verse 24 through 25, it says, those who belong to Christ Jesus, those who are Christians, have actually crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. This is telling us that we have set aside our flesh, our natural instincts, our, our even some ways our feelings and our circumstances that come, or our feelings and our emotions that come from our circumstances, we've set those aside. The natural inclinations that we're bent towards, we've set that aside. And instead, we choose to live life by the Spirit. Paul will actually say it, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So if you're a Christian who you feel like, ah, just my life isn't marked by joy, like what does it look like to crucify your flesh with its passions mm. and desires? Like that that's a weird question, but it's really important. Like what does it look like to set aside, to die to yourself, to set aside that which is of this world, your flesh and those different things? What does it look like to set that aside and instead choose to live life with the Spirit? choose to walk in step with him because that will bring joy. Otherwise, what else is like, let's throw some other scriptures out there that will help continue in this idea of, of what it looks like to maybe choose joy or to, to capture joy if you're uh, a Christian. I love the passage from James uh, chapter one, verses two and three. I'll read it first. It says, and I consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Um, and just that statement of even in the midst of trials and testing to have joy, to be joyful even in that, that that um, produces this perseverance, produces this trust. And I think that sometimes we think if I'm not, we mix up joy and happiness. And sometimes I have seen Christians who go through extreme trial and tribulation and hardship and still have joy in the midst of that and maybe even still have feelings of sadness or mourning or what, but still choose joy and still have joy as a foundation of what they're going through. Um, and so I love that scripture and just that reminder of like the hardship and the trials. If we continue to choose joy in the midst of them, we'll produce a greater faith and a greater perseverance. Yeah, for sure. You want to go John 15? 100%. Yeah, I knew um, I'd pass it to you. Yep. So John 15, one of my favorite text, texts. Uh, Jesus, it's it's beautiful picture of of Jesus giving us, I think, clear direction, not only like on how to live life, but how the fruit of the spirit work in our life. Because a lot of times, I think we come to these moments and we think, well, how do I maximize joy? How do I increase joy in my life? How do I just be joyful? It's what are the action steps I need to take? And then I've even heard like some people say this with peace, but I think they'll say it with all the fruits of the spirit of like, well, you can pray for joy, but. And in the midst of your prayer, as you walk through your life, God will give you moments that you have to choose to be joyful. I was like, I don't know if that's always how it works. Mm. I think life happens that way sometimes, but it more happens with like patience. Like, well, yeah, pray for patience, but um, well, how it works is God will give you situations where you have to be patient. It's like, well, because then what's happening is I'm choosing to be patient and it's coming from my own strength, not actually walking in step with the Spirit from His power flowing within me. So John 15 comes in like, again, 
just one of my favorite pastor scriptures. He says, uh, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, if you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. And so he gives this command of like, remain in me. The command isn't bear fruit. The command isn't be joyful, be patient, be loving, have self-control. He says, the command is remain in me, abide in me, rest in me, connect with me, stay connected with me as your savior, king, master, and Lord. And he says, and the promise is you will bear much fruit. So how do you maximize joy? How does joy become a part of a thing where you can choose? Well, it starts first and foremost with how do you choose to stay connected to Jesus? So good. How do you stay remaining and abiding in him? Also like just the reality of repentance brings joy. Um, I mean, you've talked about this in our Who's Your One series last fall. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about the idea of in the same way I tell you, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Like repentance mm-hmm. allows us to have joy uh, in that same thing. John 15, uh, uh, verse 11, these things I've spoken to you, so these commands I've given you, all these teachings I've given you, I've spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be made complete. Yeah. But it's, again, connection with Jesus. So there's opportunity to be maximized. There's opportunity to choose it. It starts with just that remaining and abiding in Christ. For sure. So is it too much to say, and you can correct me if it is, mm. that the pursuit shouldn't be the fruits, but the pursuit is actually the Savior, the Father? A hundred percent. For sure, yeah. I think oh, that's dude, so good. That's And that's... And yeah. On, they're they're, they're the promise. A pr- yeah. like it's a he says it as a promise, and I think so much we try to go after, which and then well, we want the the saying I think I've heard that's always connected with me is we want the gifts but not the giver. Yeah, like we want peace yeah. but we don't want to connect to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. We want joy yep. but we want it. If, we want it from the world. We want it from stuff and status, and we don't we don't come to Jesus for joy. But He's the one who provides yep. true joy. And, man, a lot of the. I've gotten hugely into the monastic desert fathers, and it's because of certain <laughs> authors that I've read. I mean, you got John Mark Homer, right? Ruthless Elimination, yeah. right? Henry Nowen, a Catholic priest who just has written a lot of great books. Um, this guy named Rich, I'm going to butcher his last name. I think it's Velodis, Velodis. He wrote a book called The Deeply Formed Life. All of these people are, are having connection to these desert, father, de- desert fathers who love Jesus, who pursued Jesus with specific disciplines. Mm. And so, and all of them have this connection of silence and solitude, the slow reading of scripture, and Sabbath. And all those three, the very foundation of them are the pursuit of how do I grow in intimacy and relationship with Jesus. And from that, there's this deeply formed, transformative, redemptive reality of I now, like of bearing the fruit of the spirit, mm-hmm. of I look more like Jesus of the Holy Spirit's power and display. So yeah, the, the pursuit should be, how do I just pursue Jesus? The promise is, man, he says I'll bear fruit. Yeah. And it's just beautiful. I, I'll go on that all day. You guys shut me up. No, you're good. You're good. We're going to keep rolling though with this idea. And I think we've said it a couple times, but I want to really hash this out. What is like, what it looks like to like experience, choose, settle, enjoy, but not necessarily feel it in the way we, we oftentimes think we feel it. So like joy to us oftentimes is linked to this idea of happiness, but joy when it shows up in our heart, like when we choose it, I think the example that can help me is like looking at like peace. Like peace is like this moving target that we've talked about. And it's like, what really is peace? And sometimes we just think peace is sitting back on the couch with a bag of potato chips, watching Netflix. Like that's peace. Like this is this state of calmness where nothing's going on. But really peace can can happen in the midst of a crazy situation. Like you can be in the midst of like huge work, like issues. You can be in the midst of huge work projects, big school things going on. You can have all of life swirling around you and still experience peace. It just might look different than sitting on the couch with Netflix. And so when it comes to joy, we have in our mind this picture of like the Drew smiley ha- f- Drew House smiley face. You know, like we have this emoji smile of this is what joy is. But like, that's not necessarily what it always is. Maybe you find yourself in circumstances that are hard, 
but in, internally you're still trying to connect with Jesus and experience joy, it might not look like a huge smile on your face every day, but it will have ramifications on the inside of the way you live life. And that's really powerful. Yeah. Why don't we dive into just some of this, the fancy, like, let's do the Greek, you know, why not? The, the Bible in the New Testament is written mostly in the language of Greek. So we want to break that down for you a little bit. Yeah. So joy, the Greek word is literally kara. Kara, someone said, I think it's kara. I don't, I, I haven't taken Greek yet. I'm going to, it's a goal of mine. I you want to are? take it a hundred percent without a doubt. I, I'm not, I, and I'll, I'll make this joke for as long as I live. I don't have a high intellectual capacity, <laughs> but I have, there's something about, I, I hated school. I hated like even learn, like learning. Cause it meant like I just sit and like listen to other people, which is but, like, I have learned <laughs> as a follower, that. right. As I have, and this is pre Jesus. I've learned as a follower of Jesus. One of the greatest things for my discipleship is how can I just be a learner, understanding myself, understanding what that means for me, how I learn and putting myself in situations to continue to grow. And so like one of the things I want to do is like, Oh, I know Greek would just be beneficial for my soul. Mm-hmm. It just would. There's something about I, it would be horribly difficult. I will struggle a ton, but it's just something I want to do. become a learner. So joy, nothing to do with this uh, is Kara in Greek. It's the idea is it helps us understand joy as our reaction to the work of God in and through our life. It's this recognition that, again, I'll just go back to this, the reality that joy, because it's a gift from God, it's what he produces in us can be chosen because I'm sitting in a spot, regardless of circumstance, that I know where I stand with my father. Yeah. I know what ultimately is going to happen in the hope I have in him, even though if I don't know what's happening right now in this circumstance. Mm-hmm. And that's the, I think the beauty of the James text lived out is that when we recognize that joy is connected to the work of God in our lives, we see the hardships that produce perseverance in a different light. Like that word there in James one, where it says, consider, like consider lends itself to have like, there's options here. Like you don't have to choose joy when there's circumstances. Like he says, consider it pure joy, take that step, make that decision. And when you do, it's because you see God's work and it playing out in your life. Like you see who God is and what he's doing. And because of that, this Kara joy flows. Now I know we got a second Greek word. So you want to do that one? You want me to? Yeah. Get it. So we've got Kara and then there's a very close word that's Karis or Karis, I guess, depending on how you want to. Yep give that a vow. Um, but that word literally means grace. And so we see that there's this direct link between joy and grace that we are able to have joy because of the grace of God. And that even goes back to the conversation that joy is something that the Holy Spirit gives us. That's part of the process of salvation, that the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us. And so it's because of the grace of God that we are even able to experience joy and have joy. And I want to ask this question. I want to ask this question to kind of finish and wrap it up. And we are way under time for what we usually do. So that's, Wait, let's go then. Let's that, ramp. Let's ramp awesome. on some stuff. Uh, no, I don't want to be done. No, 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 no. Here's the question though. So if joy comes from recognizing the grace of God in our lives, what is a situation or like what is a, a scenario you reflect back on where you see God's grace and now still that, that gives you joy? Like you can still remember that moment, that scenario, that work he did, and it launches you into joy. For me, it's every single Sunday. Hmm. I, it's it's, and this is why I read. I love worship this last Sunday, and I read Psalm sixteen verse. I mean, I read verses like nine through eleven, and I did it intentionally because regardless of circumstance that I just experienced, and whether I'm leading or not, regardless of what I just experienced the past week, I'm coming to a moment where the Father has invited me into the realization of allowing me to remember who He is and what He's done in my life, to be reminded that He's continually active and He's for me, and in that invitation to His presence. 
we get the fullness of joy. The psalmist literally says, you make known to me the path of life in your presence is the ESV. There's fullness of joy at your right hand or pleasures forevermore. Yeah. So like it's an invitation into his presence that gives joy because it in that moment, I'm reminded and I remember who he is, what he's done and that he's continually working. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I know this, but every Sunday I have to do that. I, I just, for my own soul, because then it takes my circumstances and helps me remember this past week, even though I didn't feel it in some situations, because um, life is, can be really difficult sometimes, yeah. that no, he was there. And I can choose joy right now. Mm-hmm. I can consider it joy because I have a hope in something that the world doesn't have hope in. So, Flush, help me help me with this one. Like, okay, it's Tuesday afternoon, yeah. and you're in the thick of it. You're back, like, and there's no worship service right there. Like, how does your Sunday experience where you have chosen joy and you've experienced joy, how does that launch into your Tuesday lived reality? What do you mean by launched in? Like, you're sitting there Tuesday in the office got a stack of paperwork emails to send like and in those moments it's just or like something happened like where where's the connection between like the past faithfulness you've seen of god in in what you're now experiencing uh it's easier when i have the setup rhythms where i've already been meeting with with god on a consistent basis but also it's in those moments like when that happens so you get a call you have a hard conversation it's being willing just to stop and and like not have to or, or realize even in a moment that I don't have control hmm. or this is going to be really tough and I can't do it alone. So it's like, I think it's healthy to admit when things aren't okay. And in that, how do I invite people? So, and this is, again, I'm talking about situations, me personally, that this is easy for me to do because I work with a bunch of pastors that I know love me and love Jesus. Hmm. That's yeah. really easy. My wife, the way she does it is she'll go to her mom's house at lunch because she has to finish work and she'll call me Yeah, and we'll pray or we'll talk about what's going on. And she's like, it's a reminder for her, like I'm there, but also it's like, how do we point back to Jesus in the moment? So like community is huge, but also the rhythms of like, I, as I stay connected to Jesus, it's been easier for me to recognize and know, okay, I can choose joy now because of the hope. Yeah. And when I'm not staying connected to Jesus, it's, I either push through and then forget to pray, forget to ask for help, forget to just stop. And all of a sudden, what I know should be not even a choice of joy, but a feeling of recognition that everything's still good with me. And God is like, I have to fix everything right now. Yeah. And that's just not healthy. Yeah, it's hard. What do you think? Yeah. Um, I think what comes to my mind first that a lot of what helps me to continue to um, choose joy and rest in joy is to reflect on the faithfulness of God. Um, and so, like, a practical example for me um, Preaching and teaching is not something that comes naturally to me at all. And it's always an incredibly hard process every single time I do it. But when I can stop in the midst of the stress of it or the anxiety or the insecurity or whatever trials may be coming up in that, yep. and remember that every single time I've stepped up to preach that God has been faithful to use me in ways that I didn't even yep. fully expect, yeah. like I can rest in that joy and continue forward in trusting that he's going to do what he does every yeah. single time. Yeah, that's good. I think one of the places that roots me back in joy pretty consistently is when I practice the silence, is when I, I know that I've heard the voice of God and I've experienced uh, his presence, that that always connects me back yeah. to joy. And so it helps because for me, silence can happen anywhere. Like I can be anywhere in the world, as long as I can get just me and God alone, I can experience that joy. I can get back to that place. And sometimes it's really hard to sit and to listen. Sometimes it's really difficult to to quiet myself, to quiet my soul with everything going around and really listen and hear the Lord. But I know if I if I do, if I bring my faithfulness, he's always been faithful to show up. And that gives me joy yeah. that the creator of the whole universe would choose to speak to me. 
that he would choose to meet me in a simple moment in a classroom or in a, in, in, at my desk or at my kitchen table or in, in my bed. Like, that, that blows me away. Like, that leads me to joy. If he'll do that then, hmm. then he'll be with That's me good. in the hard stuff too. Yeah. Anything else to add about joy? Got the joy, 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 joy <laughs> down on my heart. I knew it had to come out eventually. <laughs> There's a, yeah. If you... If you don't know that song though, you got to get you got to get back to VBS, start googling some stuff. That that's good stuff though. That's a good one. You know, gets a good YouTube video. Everybody go look it up. Joy, 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 down in your heart. I think it's by Jesus somewhere. Wow. We should do fruit of the spirit song recommendations. Mine's the the grape, the fruit song. Fruit of the spirit's not a grape. The fruit. Oh, is that a song? I don't know any of these. I don't know. It's hilarious. It's so funny. There's like motions where you pretend to be a grape. All right, someone. Get a video of that. Put it on TikTok. Send it to Ben. He'd love to see it. Anyways, peace out. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in, (laughs) and we will catch you next time. See ya.